It's week 17 of the NFL season, and with just two weeks left in the regular season, it is crunch time, and we are going to run through everything you need to know about week 17 here on the NFL Edge podcast. Welcome in. I'm Kristen Rogers. Dave Rothenberg out sick. Dave, hope you get better soon. But uh, joining me today, of course, is producer RJ Santillo, who is joining me this morning. RJ, before we start diving into some of these games, because we've got a lot of matchups to get to, it feels only right if we we start with the, the news from earlier this week. NFL Hall of Fame coach, broadcasting icon, and esports legend John Madden died on Tuesday. He was 85 years old. RJ, he may be gone, but the impact that he has had on the NFL and will always have on the NFL is for sure going to remain. Um, I know I have some stories about John Madden. I think we all do, but kind of wanted to toss it over to you to get your take on on who he was um, and, and some of your favorite John Madden stories, because we all have them, right? For sure, for sure. And and Happy New Year. And I do hope our friend Dave gets well soon. He will be back hopefully early next week with us. But for John Madden, I was reading quite a bit this morning on John. And the three incredibly wild and br- brilliant careers he, he had uh, as a coach. Uh, he was b- before a lot of people's time as a coach. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that, that lived it live. But, I mean, to, for what he inspired, for what he achieved in a decade, that's all. That's all he coached for was a, a decade, and he won a Super Bowl. And it ultimately that that fear of flying and the Madden Cruiser, which you know leads us into his second career on, on TV that most people are, are familiar with. And he and Pat Summerall to read and to hear, and I, I caught the end of, of that stretch, obviously. But the way the reverence people talk with that duo with certainty saying that is the best broadcast group we will ever hear there's so many people that say it that it's it's profound the impact that he had on people's lives it's incredible and that's that's not even talking about the video game anyone under the age of 40 i i would almost guarantee if you're a football fan you've bought a copy of madden i i think i read they've they've sold somewhere around 130 140 million copies and it's incredible how many different platforms of life the man touched? Real live football, broadcasting football, pretend football. And I, I was reading about Madden, the video game, and he would not put his name on that game. I guess they came to him in 1984. They wanted to put the first copy out. They would not put the first copy out until 1988 because they did not have the technology for 11 on 11 football on a video game. And John Madden said, that's not real football. I, if I'm going to put my name on it, it's got to look real. So finally, four years later, they have the technology to have 22 players on a screen at once. And, and there you go. It, it is true, as you said, those those kind of three lives that, that he lived. And I mean, when you talk about John and Pat, I mean, they didn't just talk. They they taught. They taught all of us the the ins and outs that we would not normally be privy to about what was happening in the game of football and what was happening behind closed doors. And um, I mean, just just an honor to know that we got to see those two talk every week. Um, and, and talk to us. And, um, you know, as we, we talk about John Madden, the, the story that I wanted to bring up, um, one of my uh, really good friends worked on um, the documentary All Madden that just came out. And I, you know, we, 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 my friend and I talk all the time and he, he just came back every time he did an interview with someone or did an interview with, with John and just had the most amazing stories. And 
He said that every person they talked to always smiled when they talked about John because he wasn't just a great at talking football, great at coaching football, but he, he was just a great human being and he was a great guy to talk to. And, um, you know, knowing how much he, he loved his family and, um, you know, wanted to, to be, you know, that, that family man as well. It's, it's just, it's, it's so warming to, to hear those stories about who you were, not only as a coach, as a broadcaster, but as a man as well. Um, and the documentary, if, if those that are, are listening have not seen it all that, and it is a phenomenal watch. Um, RJ, did you have a chance to, to watch it yet? Or is that going to be on your New Year's list? It's on my New Year's list, but it's amazing because I th- that was, I, I believe, th- those were the final moments he had with his family. I was reading earlier yep. that he had the whole family over, generations of Maddens at his house, and they watched the documentary. And I was reading, they interviewed his longtime producer um, on the television side, and they, they he was reading his final texts back and forth with him, and his final text ever from John about the documentary, jokingly, just, you know, seemingly the way he always captured uh, captured a text thread, captured a room, was everyone here thought it should have been a little longer. So it was, it was <laughs> pretty remarkable to hear that that was uh, the final moments he got with, with his family and his loved ones was a time capsule of his life. Yes, yes, a an an incredible life it was. As we said, the impact will will always be here, um, and just just hoping that um, John and Pat get some more time to uh, to talk with each other now. Um, okay, we're gonna do a little bit of a shift here, and it is time to to dive into to some of these games because, as we said, it is week seventeen of the NFL season, and we have some uh, some big matchups to get to because uh, playoff hopes are definitely on the line. And, and the first game we're going to start with is uh, Eagles visiting Washington football team. And I mean, the the birds, as we say almost every year, they control their own destiny. If the Eagles win their last two games, they are in the playoffs. This is a huge game for them. Washington, uh, not so much. Uh, Their defense is struggling. We just saw them get blown out against the Cowboys last week. Uh, Jalen Hurts still looking to to get back to his his, his full self here. Obviously, we know I'm leaning Eagles in this one. We're going to get to picks because this line is kind of um, uh, confusing to to me at some point. But RJ, do you have any take as we look at this (laughs) NFC East matchup and the fact that Washington doesn't feel like they're playing for anything at this point, but the Eagles, for everything that they've done this season, are, are still kind of right back in it. Well, you're the you're the resident Eagles fan of the podcast, so I'll ask you, you expect them to make the playoffs now, right? That's the expectation. I do. Yes, it has to be. I mean, we talked about coming out of their bye week, what their strength of schedule was going to be, which was very easy. I mean, this is a team that was going to, and, and is kind of closing out the season, albeit they're going to play the Cowboys in week 18, don't even know if there's anything for the Cowboys to play for at that point of the season. But, uh, you know, we knew that they were just going to be stacked up against the Giants and Washington. And um, yes, it looks like Taylor Heineke is, is going to be playing in this game, although Garrett Gilbert did give the birds a little bit of a run last time. Uh, but it, it feels like everything is set up here perfectly for the Eagles. I know there's no Miles Sanders, um, but this is a team that is finding success and it's finding success when they need to. Um, and I have to give credit to Nick Sirianni for, for what he's been able to do late in, this, in, late in this year for the Birds. And what's interesting is you mentioned they play the Cowboys next week. As of right now, who would the Eagles play in the first round of the playoffs? That would be the Cowboys, wasn't it? That's right. <laughs> that is right. You know what? I love it. I love it. 
Uh, yeah, not not a lot going on uh, for for Washington at the moment here. Um, the Eagles again do control their their destiny, and we'll we'll see you know what this team can do beyond uh, going into 2022. A lot of a lot of high expectations in Nick Sirianni's first year, and Jalen Hurts being the guy, and again trying to prove that he can be the guy uh, for the Eagles. Uh, next game on tap here. Let's move to the the Rams and Baltimore. I mean, this feels like two teams moving in two very different directions because the Rams, I mean, this is a team that is looking really good right now. They've won four in a row. They have the number three spot in the NFC. Um, They're just a game out of the top spot right now, but (laughs) oh, the Ravens. I mean, it, it feels like we finally have seen the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to injuries because they are they are no longer the top seed in the AFC. In fact, they're on the outside looking in right now. Um, this feels uh, really interesting as well because Lamar Jackson did not practice on Thursday. He finally practiced on Wednesday for the first time in a few weeks. He came out with this this really strong limp. Still not entirely sure what his status is going to be. Um, It does look like Tyler Huntley is on track to uh, come back off of the COVID-19 list after the NFL made some of their their COVID-19 protocol changes this week. And a lot of teams are starting to benefit from that. Um, RJ, what is your, your take here on this kind of sinking Ravens team? Because I'm still shocked. When I look at this matchup, I expect this to be so competitive. And I have to remind myself that you may not have Lamar Jackson. Essentially, their entire offense is out at this point. And oh, yeah, the Rams are a really good football team. As you said, it looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley. He clears protocols. And by the way, I mean, we can just talk quickly about you said revisionist protocols. We just want to see guys on the field playing. That's We can just call it what it is. It's fine. We want quarterbacks. We want guys that have COVID to come back faster. And every league is doing it. I don't know if, if you know, Gary Bettman and, and Adam Silver and Roger Goodell all got together over the weekend. Maybe they started a text thread and be like, hey, guys, how about five days? Good. Sounds good. See you out there. So regardless, though. A lot of fans getting their, their Christmas wish of getting their favorite players back on the field. Uh, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he comes back and, and he's got this limp. And Tyler Huntley has turned a lot of heads. And and uh, he's been out a while. And, and if teams have a chance to prepare for him, um, you wonder if the Ravens are just trying to pull the okie doke a little bit and just send Lamar Jackson out there. Hey, he's practicing. He might play. He might not play. Maybe it's Huntley. But we all love, right, the, the new age aggressive coach go for it fourth down and I mostly am in that camp but there are residual effects to that the Ravens have lost four in a row they lost that heartbreaker we all remember to to, to the Packers and they, they're they're risking it basically when they can win the game and go home they're going to do that even if it means losing the game but do you know what place they're in in the AFC right now 10th place 10th place 10th and all of a sudden now they can win their games, but they need help. They have the Raiders above them, they have the Chargers above them, they have the Dolphins above them, the Patriots. They don't control their own destiny anymore. And what's that mean for this game? Certainly a must win, and, but it does throw into into flux a lot a lot of fantasy questions. I mean, oh yeah, Mark Andrews leads the NFL in in receiving these last three weeks with three different quarterbacks. So. We'll see, we'll see. But the Ravens, boy, from where they were, what a disappointing ending to the year would be if they missed the playoffs. Yeah, very, very disappointing. And um, again, it feels like 
this this team's success has really um i mean kudos to tyler huntley it feels like this team's success though has kind of really been ride or die with with lamar um again it's not looking too promising that we'll, we'll see him out here this week which uh as someone that has him in fantasy this is killing me especially this week we will get to that later in the show as well um but the the last thing i have to say before we move on to the next game rj you mentioned the uh, the covid protocols and it reminds me of those kind of cdc memes that are going around right now like the, the cdc now recommends that uh you can in fact chase waterfalls like go against tlc's <laughs> wording whatever it is there's a ton of they're they're hilarious i cannot get enough of those right now um but yeah it feels like the cd there it's like the nfl is saying like sure go out and play like you cough today you're you're fine you're good to go but we 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 knew that was coming uh something else that we know is coming is probably a win for the tampa bay buccaneers this week tampa bay taking on the new york jets uh not a lot of good things to say about the jets right now and you have to know that Tom Brady is just he he's excited I mean he he he's probably looking his chops just getting ready to take on this Jets defense um Jets has really been hit hard by COVID um we, we saw the Bucks get a, a big win against Carolina uh last week again here here's the thing though the Bucks are are not the the team right now I mean you have Tom Brady and I think that's maybe all that you need um but you know they, they've clinched a playoff spot they've clinched their division um but as of this point, uh, the, the Buccaneer is not looking too healthy. We'll, we'll see what they can do um, against the Jets, which is uh, probably going to be a, a one-sided matchup. Um, and a little bit more of an interesting matchup here as well is Miami and Tennessee. Um, Titans, uh, the two seed in the AFC, um, looks like they're going to get Derrick Henry back in the next couple of weeks. Potentially could get him back next week. Uh, that would be fun because, I mean, honestly, the NFL is just so much more fun when you see Derrick Henry. Um, but, I mean, we also look at the Miami Dolphins and and the Miami Dolphins, the hottest team in the NFL right now. I mean, they've won seven in a row. And in fact, they're the first team in the National Football League to go on a, a seven game losing streak, I think, and a seven game winning streak to, to start the season one and seven. Now they've won seven in a row. Um, this this is a hot team right now. Um, and it's, it's going to be a fun matchup to see. And, um, you know, Brian Flores no longer on the on the hot seat here. Um, Tua's looking really good. Uh, RJ, want to bring you back in for this one because, unfortunately, as, as two 49ers fans, we saw the Titans get a big win over the 49ers last Thursday. I'm still not over that loss. Um, but, you know, Miami on a, on a little bit of a short week coming off a big win a, a, for themselves. What do you see in this matchup? What do you like? Because I, I think this is going to be a lot more competitive than maybe we thought if this game was played maybe eight weeks ago. Uh, I would agree. These are, these are two well-coached teams. These are two really well-coached teams. The Titans... For whatever reason, maybe it's my bitterness, as you just said about the 49ers. I did not walk away from that Thursday night game uh, last week. No Thursday night football this week. It feels empty. It does. But that Thursday night game last week saying that the Titans are remarkably gifted or talented. Now, I I think that they and the 49ers are are pretty equally matched. Those are two good football teams. But I think the Titans are... They're, as Bill Parcells would say, what their record says they are. They're good enough to beat almost anyone, but they can lose to some teams. They, they do have some hiccups. Uh, I like Mike Vrabel a lot. Um, Tannehill, we saw with A.J. Brown, he looked like an entirely different human being. And I would anticipate, and I'm curious what you think, 
when Derrick Henry comes back, if that unlocks the full Tannehill again. He's all the way back. Because I do think there was some adjusting. When no Arthur Smith, uh, as, as the offensive coordinator that's gotten the best out of Tannehill, he moves on. The offense adjusts a little. There are injuries. There were games with no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown. They had offensive line problems, no Derrick Henry. But Tannehill's been there through it all. And right here are the Titans. Uh, you said about the Dolphins. They are... They're fascinating. I don't know how much stock I put into them um, because they had a nationally televised game as well. As you said, they beat the Saints. Uh, Jalen Waddle looks to be the goods. Uh, with he and Tua, I, I'm curious what you think as well. Do they move on from Tua? Is that a, is that a sure thing? I, I've heard Dave ask you that same question, but week by week, it seems like we're we're now assuming like, hey, the Dolphins are out of the quarterback market. I, I mean. Deshaun Watson's going to be out there, but I wonder how aggressive they'll be as, as compared to the first time around when they were they made it known they were in. Yeah, I mean, that feels like that conversation was forever ago, right? Because it, it, now it feels like Deshaun who? I mean, here, here's, here's my thing. If you have something that's working for you, I'm definitely in that category of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There we go. Yeah, no, I you, you know me and all my, I can never get some of those cliches correct, but nothing is going wrong in, in Miami right now, right? I mean, Brian Flores, Tua, these these guys have a good chemistry right now. They're, they're putting a great product out onto the field. Why would you bring something in if your offense is finally rolling and you finally have a quarterback that, that has all the confidence in the world in him? So I I mean, I, I think you have to stick with, with Tua moving forward into 2022. Um, on the flip side to the Titans, and you mentioned bringing back Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah, it's w- one of my favorite things to, to watch, and I'm very excited for the return. I think it's next week of uh, the Manning cast with, with Peyton and Eli, and my, one of my favorite lines is, Anytime a quarterback is is not playing well and you know, they talk about how well he hands the ball off to their running back. He's like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a great handoff. You know, I think we can say that with Derrick Henry, and I, I think Ryan Tannehill would be excited to hand the ball off once again to Derrick Henry because it takes some of the pressure off his shoulders, right? I mean, he has been making some incredible plays and putting together some incredible wins without Derrick. And I, as we mentioned, A.J. Brown against the 49ers was just killer. Um, but I think knowing that it's not going to all be on him, yeah, I, I think he would be more than and glad to, to hand the ball off once again uh, to, to Derrick Henry. Um, another game we got to jump into here is uh, an interesting one for uh, the, the the New England Patriots taking on Jacksonville. Yeah, the New England Patriots now the, the sixth seed um, a week after losing to the Bills in a very tough matchup. Um, Patriots tied atop the AFC East right now with Buffalo. Um, uh, currently the Bills, though, do lead the division. So the Patriots are going to have to win and scoreboard watch a little bit here if they do want to win the um, AFC East. <laughs> that said, uh, the Jags are, they're the Jags. Uh, we, we thought that maybe moving on from Urban Meyer would, would spur this uh, spur some change here. That did not happen. They're playing uh, back-to-back road games now against, you know, Bill Belichick that's coming off a loss. Yeah, good luck to you, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this is going to be a one-sided affair. I think the Patriots defense is going to force a lot of turnovers from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this one could could maybe get out of hand early. And again, we'll, we'll get to that line here coming up uh, in our pick segment. Um, another interesting game here, and again, we go back to those COVID protocols, is, is the Raiders um, at Indianapolis. 
Carson Wentz testing positive for, for COVID-19 earlier this week. Didn't look like he was going to play in this game. And then, oh yeah, the NFL goes ahead and changes their um, their COVID protocols. So it does look like Carson should be uh, good to go in this game. Um, the, the Raiders, though, I mean, they they have something to play for it. I mean, they they almost have to win in this game if they want to keep their, their playoff hopes alive. Um, meanwhile, the, the Colts can also lock up a playoff berth with, with this victory. Um, RJ, I, I want to bring you in here once again because we we got to talk about this this Colts team that um, still trying to lock some stuff up but we still have that question mark of you know yes Carson Wentz will be available he he's kind of been open that he's he's unvaccinated I'm curious if we're going to see any um, lingering effects from from him back on on the field if he does in fact go this week which it, it looks like it against the Raiders so this was flying a little too close to the sun for me I've, I've often said that Outside of your dear friends and family, and you know, we all want to have solidarity and protect each other from this virus. The people I have the most concern about are our NFL quarterbacks, as far as their vaccination status. And the reason for that is we were a little rule change away from Carson Wentz potentially turning the keys over to Sam Ellinger with the cold season on the line. And that Jeez. is, I mean, how can you do that to your team? You it's know? a heck of a place to live, but. I think that's how you find out something about what that locker room is built uh, built on. And, and we've seen the, the in-season hard knocks with the Colts. It seems like a pretty tight-knit group. And they have a kind of a good leadership council inside the room there. But I think the NFL got ahead of this with the rule change, with the COVID protocol, because they saw potential disaster. Because the NFL has been able to sit back and wait. If we remember all the way back to spring of 2020, they've taken in the most information because they played all of last season. Most leagues are going into their third year of dealing with this. If you count the back end of the 2020, like 2019, 2020 season, that got cut off. The NFL, this is year two. This is year two. So they've been able to sit back and gather all the information and they saw a potential situation coming. A, a Kirk Cousins, a Carson Wentz, missing a playoff game in primetime window and nobody wants to see Sam Ellinger out there. And the NFL realizes that. And, hey, it's fortunate for the Colts. And I enjoy watching them play. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's... I don't think he'll win because we know how it goes with quarterbacks. But he's getting a little bit shortchanged in the MVP conversation. But the Colts catch a break. And, and, and hey, I mean, they, they they can play with anybody. We've seen that. Yeah, we, we, we have, um, and we'll we'll see how they look uh, this Sunday. Uh, here's hoping everyone uh, that's playing in that game can can stay healthy. Uh, this this to me is the game of the week. Um, this this is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is going to be a fun matchup. Uh, Bengals are are looking real good after blowing out the Ravens last week. Chiefs meanwhile have the top seed in the AFC right now. Um, this I think is going to be an offensive shootout. And and RJ, I as as we look to Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, is this is this a rivalry in the making? Is, this is the first two t- the first time that these two quarterbacks have faced off. Is this something that NFL fans can do you think can look forward to for for years to come? Oh, 100%. And if your team stinks, which is, you know, a lot of teams and you have a head coach that you think could work out, Zach Taylor's first two years was 6-25 and 1. And now look at the Cincinnati Bengals, third place in the AFC. We're going to learn something about the Bengals this week though. 
Yeah, yeah, patience is a virtue. It's not a virtue that I have, but kudos to you, Cincinnati fans, because finally you are here and this is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, maybe not a fun game to watch is the, the New York Giants and the, the Chicago Bears. Um, I mean, things not not going right for, for the Giants even more as Joe Judge, Daniel Jones looks to be back in 2022. Uh, RJ, just want you to give me your 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 quick, like 15 second Dave Rothenberg uh, impression take on uh, where the Giants stand taking on the Bears right now. I mean, I'm dead inside. I'm dead. I mean, Joe Judge <laughs> is back. We give up medium Pepsis. My team stinks. Daniel Jones isn't good. And you know why this game's great? Because one of the teams has to lose because we have the we have the Bears pick. You know why this game stinks? Because the other team has to win and it hurts their draft pick. Great. This is my life. I I can for, I mean kudos like I'm gonna give you a little round of applause that was incredible I think the best part is the cadence like you have the Dave Rothenberg cadence down and and it's it's phenomenal yeah this this is uh, this is not a great game uh, Bears being uh, I think six point favorites that that says everything that you need to know about the state of the the New York football giants. Uh, we'll move on now. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Atlanta and Buffalo. Um, I think that this is going to be a game that the Bills are, are just going to take handedly. Uh, they have taken back the, the AFC East, um, and if they win the remaining games, they're going to take the division and then host a game on Wilds Card Weekend. Um, kudos uh, to to the, the Falcons for, for sticking around. I mean, they're just one game below 500 at, at this point. But um, the, the Bills, I mean... We we saw what they did to the Patriots. This is what we saw once. Uh, what we thought we were going to see. Um, I think Josh Allen is going to have another big day on, on offense. Um, I like the Bills in this one. It's a very large number, but uh, I do I do like the Bills. I think this is going to be kind of a one sided affair. Um, We'll, we'll see how, how much of a one-sided affair. I can't even say that. This this is going to be a tough matchup just because we, we know as we look to now the Texans and, and the 49ers um, that the 49ers likely going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo um, because of that injured thumb. Uh, thankful for, for Jimmy G that it is not that fractured thumb that some reports came out with earlier. Um, but it does look like Trey Lance is going to go. Um, this is, this is going to be our, our second time seeing him. Yes, you're playing the Texans. Yes, though, we have to take into consideration, maybe with a grain of salt, that this Texans team, um, I mean, they they looked good last week. Uh, RJ, as a, as another 49ers fan, I mean, what what are your expectations for what we can see from Trey Lance in his, his second career start for the 49ers um, against a, a te- Texans team that has not quite fallen down just yet? I guess we'll see how many times Trey Lance throws the ball, how many times he runs the ball, how many times other players that are not Trey Lance touch the football. The only reason I say that, the last time that he started, his lone start against the Cardinals, Trey Lance threw the ball 29 times. He ran the ball 16 times. Combined, the other skill players on the 49ers touched the ball 12 times. So that's a lot of Trey Lance for your first career start at the time who, if you remember the breathing exercise, we thought the Cardinals were the best team in football. So that was a tall task. So how many times do they throw the football? How many times do they lean on that run game? Because it's become very taboo these days to talk about, hey, young quarterbacks probably don't need to be throwing more than 25, 26 times a game. If you remember, that was the rule with Ben Roethlisberger for the longest time. When he was winning Super Bowls, hey, throw the ball 20, 25 times. Tom Brady was that way. Russell Wilson was that way to start because you remember it wasn't until recently the Let Russ Cook really emerged. So we talk about it like it's a bad thing because you get placed into the, the game manager bin. But as a rookie, lean on the run game, lean on everything else. And you said the, the Texans are spunky. Look what they did to the Chargers. I don't, I don't know how that happened. It did happen. Uh, the, some of the greatest football minds on earth probably didn't see that happening. But this is, 
This is the game the 49ers absolutely need to win. If they do not beat the Texans, you probably don't deserve to be a playoff team. Yeah, that's a fair point. Also, love your use of the word spunky when describing the (laughs) Texans. That is going to be, uh, I I don't use that word enough. I I like that, though. Is that a thing we call teams that aren't good? Is that just a... Yeah, spunky. (laughs) You know, it's it's like one of those, like, kind of like nice throwaway lines that you can give. Kind of like one of those, if you're in the South, you say, like, God bless to someone that you don't like or bless your heart. That's kind of what we're saying to... uh, the Texans right now like yeah you're spunky god bless your heart yeah because if they were a good team we would just say they were a good team exactly now we have to be creative and come up with other ways to to describe the uh, the Houston Texans uh but again that's going to be a um a, a big matchup we'll, we'll see how Trey Lance looks in that game um another big matchup just because they need a bounce back is the Los Angeles Chargers I mean they're a spunky team if that's what you want to call them because they just lost to the Texans pretty bad last week and they're taking on a Denver team that um I mean I don't I don't know how much you're, you're fighting anymore you're out of the playoff race um but the, the the question really now is about Vic Fangio and the coaching situation there in Denver um which we 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 know we're gonna get to coming up uh, here soon in the offseason uh the Chargers though um I mean they're they're one spot out of the playoff spot as as opposed to, to really being kind of on the inside at this point um we'll we'll see how this goes but I mean the the Chargers need to bounce back. I, I do think that they're going to, but um, this is a case where the, the Chargers have um, have maybe not won these games that they have to win um, in the past season. So Justin Herbert, it's on you. Go out, do it, get a win at home. Uh, you, you, you need it right now. Um, a, another interesting game, um, eh, kind of interesting, Carolina and New Orleans. Um, this is, uh, I mean... You know, I, I feel like it, we we could place bets um, on, on who the Panthers were going to start at quarterback uh, because it sounds like it's going to be Sam Darnold, which feels weird because I think they just paid Cam Newton like six million dollars six weeks ago. I don't know what's going on in the in the quarterback situation with Carolina right now, but this is a Saints team that is clinging to to, to life uh, in the playoffs. Um, their their hope they 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 need some help um, and and they need to jump over I think three teams at this point. But um, this is going to be a uh, a very interesting game because Sam Darnold back on here. We'll, we'll see if he can be the the answer for this game or maybe even the long-term answer moving forward for Carolina. Um, this this is another game as we, we now look to uh, Detroit and Seattle. This is a game where things are not going well for, for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and we knew that was gonna happen. I mean, the foreshadowing came this offseason when we saw all the conversations that were happening around Russell Wilson not being happy and, oh yeah, you, you just go ahead and you extend, uh, or new contract, excuse me, to, to, to Pete Carroll. I feel like this should be a, a, a win, definitely, for, for Seattle, um, but RJ, just kind of want your, your takes here on what we can see, because I have a feeling that if I had to look into my crystal ball right now, I would say that Russell Wilson is gone, potentially maybe to the Saints in this offseason. I do think that Pete Carroll's around curious if you have a differing opinion on what we're going to see for the Seahawks um because I mean this came meh but I think the long-term future is really what every Seahawks fan is is more concerned about right now this is going to be Russell Wilson I know he was hurt this is his first losing season it's just a sign in the NFL how much goodwill you can build up and then after one year it is gone but to your point, I think part of it is because all the negative momentum from last offseason. This is a full year now of going backwards in Seattle because it started right after the season last year with Russell Wilson not being happy. And, and he's Mr. Go Hawks, so if he's not happy with the way things went after last year where they actually won games, how's it going now? And Pete Carroll, depending on what you read, has a bit of an odd amount of power. 
within the Seahawks organization. And for Seattle, they could be entering a bit of a dark time because we've seen what they look like with, without Russell Wilson, and it is not good. It is ugly. They do not have draft picks because of whatever it was they decided to do in, in giving up future first-rounders for Jamal Adams. And I'm with you. I, I don't really see a world where Russell Wilson returns. And he's at that age, I believe he's 33, and he's at that age where he's voiced his opinion. I want to play into my mid-40s. He's, he's trying to, to emulate the Tom Brady playbook here. So you could, you could have a, a decade left, a dozen years left of Russell Wilson. So I look at a team like Dave's Giants. That could be aggressive. The Saints, like you said, needing a reboot. The Steelers. So uh, these could be the final days of Russell Wilson as as a, as a Seahawk, which which feel odd. Um, but as a Niner fan, as you mentioned earlier, uh, best best of luck uh, elsewhere, uh, Russ. Haha. <laughs> yes. After the the Seahawks have definitely uh, had the Niners number for the last feels like a decade at this point. Um, so from from that perspective in the NFC West, that that may be a good thing. But uh, yeah, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you, you have to know that it's not just going to be a kind of a, a one a one year fix. This is potentially going to be a uh, a many a year uh, fix to get back to to where you were. Um, well, as I said, I, I think that the uh, the Bengals game is going to be the game of the week. But this may be a close second. Arizona and Dallas. Um, this uh, should be a great game. The Dallas defense playing very well right now. The Arizona offense, well, they were playing well. This this no longer kind of looks like the Cardinals offense that we've seen um, specifically after DeAndre Hopkins went down. Kyler Murray, it, it feels like maybe the only um, game plan that they have right now is Kyler Murray go out, be, be, be a superhero. Like, go out and be our Superman. And it is not working week in and week out. You need a little bit more to that because the Cardinals have now lost three straight. They're still in the playoffs. Um, they need to be better, though. Uh, Dallas, I mean, running over, literally running over Washington last week. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a game that the Cowboys take. I hate to say that, um, but I I never, ugh, I, this pains me. We're going to move on from this because I can't believe I'm saying this. But I think that I have more faith in the Dallas defense and offense than I do in the Cardinals right now. That paints me to say we're going to move on uh, into another great game. Um, and two two games as, as we kind of wrap up the, the last two games on the slate of Week 17 here. Uh, two quarterbacks uh, potentially considering retirement um, as we look to Aaron Rodgers who said that retirement not off the table. Uh, the Packers really do look like the best team in the N- NFC right now. They are taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, RJ, do you think that any any of what Aaron said this week w- was true? Do you think that he's potentially considering retiring? Do we think he's going to stay in Green Bay? Um, what What is your thoughts? Because I, I, I feel like I can't let Aaron fool me at this point. You know, like he said so much stuff. Like I have to, I have to know that I can't live and die by his word. So the most important thing he said to me was he wanted a quick resolution. He did not want to leave the team hanging. I took that as a positive for the Packers because when has he cared at all about you as an organization over the last year? He actually went so far as to call out all the players that you disrespected. So the fact that you would have the organization's interest uh, at heart would either tell me that he wants to come back and, and that they're willing to play nice. He and Brian Gutekunst are are mending as best they can, or that he's already got both feet out the door and he's got a plan and he's going to tell them as soon as the season ends that I'm out the door. This is a team that can win the Super Bowl. I I know that the Chiefs are the odds-on betting favorite, but the Packers 
they play a lot of close games. That's the only downside to them. But they they pass the smell test in just about every single category. They have the quarterback. They have the run game. They are getting healthy. And uh, as of right now, uh, the playoffs go through Green Bay. So you have home, you have an immense home field advantage. So I think he'll be there. I have a tough time believing after all they've been through, especially if they make a run deep into the playoffs, that he will leave. But I think that retirement is just a warning to the Packers, to other teams. If this doesn't go the way I want, I will retire, even though I don't think he will. I think that's a bold-faced lie. He enjoys playing football. But you got to put it out there for business purposes, right? Yeah, and he's keeping that card up his sleeve. He's keeping that bargaining chip uh, right in his pocket, right where he wants it. By the way, as we look to this game, I do think that the Packers are, are going to take this. Um, but I think this game might be a little bit closer than people think because the Vikings still trying to hang on to any sort of semblance of, of a playoff hope at this point. Uh, finally, rounding, rounding things out, we have uh, another quarterback. Um, I mean retirement, potentially his last game. I mean, I'll, I'll say it's the Cleveland Browns at, at the Steelers. Um, this is this could be a very interesting game from the perspective that this could be the last time that Ben Roethlisberger plays a, a home football game um, in Pittsburgh. And you you know that the team has to be amped up, the, the, the fans have to be amped up. Um, the, the winner still has their playoff hope alive. The, the loser is, I mean, pretty much dead in the water, right? Uh, I, I think that the Browns are going to get a lot of guys back healthy um, from COVID, but I, I do lean Steelers here just because I, you can call me a romantic, but I think that this is going to be a game that, um, it, that's going to be pretty special to watch and pretty special to watch on Monday night. Um, again, potentially Ben Roethlisberger's last game um, playing at Heinz Field uh, as a Steeler um, and as a professional football player. Uh, all right. Well, as Dave Rothenberg would say, I think we ran through uh, all the matchups here this week quite beautifully, if it was. I am Kristen Rogers, Dave Rothenberg out sick this week, but have no fear. RJ Santillo is here with the standings and uh, also has a clue as to what Dave is picking for this week. RJ, uh, if you can, please, sir, run us through the uh, the current standings to, to where we're at as we enter week 17, and then let's get to our picks. Happy to. A couple of two-in-one weeks. Uh, you and Dave both go two-in-one last week, so we maintain the same distance. Uh, that means you're 23-24-1 and one on the season. Dave is 22-26. and 26. So we have this week, we have next week, we have some playoffs. Things still to be decided, but the margin remains the same, which is very good for you. Ooh, I, I do like to hear that. Um, all right, so uh, now what we're going to do, we're going to run through uh, the, the spreads here uh, for week 17. Um, I'm going to jump out, give my picks. RJ uh, going to jump out and give Dave's picks uh, when the game arises. So we are going to start off the top with the Eagles taking on the Washington football team. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to involve myself right off the top. This number feels too good to be true, and I'm getting a little nervous because of that. Uh, Eagles currently minus three. Uh, hey, I love it though. I mean, Washington's not playing for anything right now. I get that you have Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke, excuse me, um, back, uh, in the mix for, for Washington. Um, I get that there's no Miles Sanders for the Eagles. I do think that Boston Scott is going to, uh, to step up pretty nicely. Uh, as we know, I, I have a soft spot for, for him in fantasy as well. Uh, but give me the Eagles minus three. Um, they're trying to control their own destiny. You need this win if you want to keep on that track. So, uh, birds minus three against Washington. Um, uh, moving on next, we have the Giants uh, taking on the Chicago Bears. Bears, a six-point favorite in this game. 
which is everything you need to know uh, about the state of the New York football giants right now. Um, I would lean bears in this case. Uh, I think RJ, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there a threat from Joe judge about playing both Jake Fromm and, um, and Gleason? Like what, what's happening at the quarterback situation this week for, for the giants anyway? It might be worth playing without a quarterback. Just give it a try. I like that. It's something new because what they're doing is not working. What's odd, and I've heard Dave say this, is Jake Fromm was a very competent quarterback in a very competent, the most competent conference in college football at Georgia, and he could not look more lost. So the Giants, they don't score. They're not good. And if if I could channel my inner Dave again, why me? What is wrong with my life? <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't think that Jake Fromm got a map for Christmas, so I think he's going to remain lost uh, when it comes to playing for the New York Giants. Uh, all right, this is a big number here. Um, Bucks uh, minus 13 against the Jets. Uh, it, I mean, I, I, my, my first instinct is to say that this number is a little bit too high, and then I remind myself that it is Tom Brady uh, who is taking on a very bad Jets defense. I like this number. I'm not going to involve myself. Um, but this is a uh, is I think it's going to be a one sided affair for sure, and I think there's one other game like that 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 I'll get to here. Um, RJ, is Dave is Dave involving himself on this game at all? He's not, but we're getting close to a game he is. I did see Byron Leftwich say it's disrespectful to talk Jags head coaching vacancy to their opponents. It's disrespectful to not focus on the opponents. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Jets. I think it's okay to do both at the same time there. That's a fair point. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, all right. Uh, this is going to be a great matchup. Uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Miami Dolphins. Tennessee currently um, minus three and a half. Uh, I do like the Titans here because of what we saw against the 49ers. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, they are quite the duo right now. Uh, but the Dolphins, they're they, they are hot right now. It feels bad to, to, to bet against them for how hot they've been. We'll see if the Titans can slow them down uh, here in week 17. You mentioned that it's tough to bet against them. Dave... Will not. Well, maybe he doesn't care who wins the game, but he does think Miami with the three and a half is the side to be on at the Titans. Mark Dave down. He is taking the Dolphins plus three and a half. Dolphins plus three and a half. Hold on. I got to mark this down. Um, and by mark this down, I don't know if our, our listeners out there know. I, I try to type this down on my phone every single week because I'm going to be honest, I forget Dave's picks as soon as he says them. Uh, so I have to remind myself come Sunday what, in fact, he, he picks so that I can actively root against that. Uh, all right, we've got another double-digit spread here. Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New England Patriots. Patriots, 16-point uh, favorites in this game. I can't involve myself in this. This feels way too high if you're the Patriots. Then again, I remind myself that you are playing a Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars team that um, despite firing your head coach, you could not come up with any sort of uh, of positive change. So uh, not, not going to take uh, this game here, but um, would maybe lean, lean Patriots in this one. You would lean Patriots. Dave Rothenberg would lean Patriots. The 16 points, not a problem. Dave has very little respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mark Dave down pick number two, New England minus 16 points against the Jags. I mean, does, is Dave having fever dreams right now? Like, what is going on? Okay, okay. You know what, Dave? 
kudos to you, sir. We, we will move on. This is that is that's a surprising one for me. Uh, all right. Well, as we jump to this next game, which as I have said is my game of the week. Uh, of course, I have to involve myself. This is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals uh, currently uh, four and a half point underdogs. And I love a home underdog. Give me the Bengals plus four and a half. Uh, this is going to be a really tough game. I know that the Chiefs are, are playing out of their minds right now, but so is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And I, I think that this is going to be a game that the the Chiefs are not going to be able to um, to to win outright. I think that this is going to this is going to be tough. I think this might be a, a field goal kind of win for for the Chiefs. So so give me the points. Give me the Bengals plus four and a half here. Uh, we've got Vegas and the Colts. Uh, Colts uh, touchdown favorite uh, minus seven at home. Um, it feels hard to to bet when there's there's COVID kind of protocol still at stake here. Again, it does look like uh, the Colts will have Carson Wentz back. Not going to involve myself in this one, but again, Colts minus seven against the Raiders. Um, Bills taking on the Falcons. Another big spread in this one, although Dave may have taken the biggest one of the week. Uh, the Bills minus 14 and a half against the Falcons. Um, honestly, I lean Bills here. I think that they are uh, looking really good after taking down the Patriots. And I think Josh Allen is going to have a field day at home. Uh, so would lean Bills in this one. Uh, we have the Panthers and the Saints. Saints, uh, six and a half point favorites at home against the Panthers. Um, and again, it looks like Sam Darnold coming back at quarterback. So, hey, I like the Saints in this game for that very decision. Uh, we've got Chargers and Broncos. Uh, Chargers, six and a half points favorites at home at SoFi against the Broncos. Um, this has to be Chargers. I, I'm trying to manifest this for you, Los Angeles. Manifest this for you, Justin Herbert. Um, you need this win and you need this badly. Um, do it by a touchdown and, and you will cover. Uh, all right, we've got the Houston Texans and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Niners, minus 12 and a half at home. Um I can't involve myself because I don't know what Trey Lance is going to do this week. Uh, but here's hoping that they can cover this number. Again, Niners minus 12 and a half at home. Uh, we've got the Rams and the Ravens. This is going to be a very good matchup, uh, even if Lamar Jackson cannot play. Rams currently... Um, Four and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, I have a feeling we could also have a side prop bet about uh, whether or not John Harbaugh is going to go for two at some point in this game, uh, maybe to win the game. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I do lean Rams in this game. Um, I like it. Uh, not going to involve myself, though. Uh, all right, we've got the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by a touchdown at home. Um, again, not going to get into this one. I do think the Seahawks take this game. I think they have to, um, although I could also imagine them not and just kind of kind of pittering out as we, we see the end of the Russell Wilson era potentially here in Seattle. Uh, we've got the Cardinals and the Cowboys. This is a huge game. This is a game I was considering taking. I am not going to though. Cowboys, uh, six point favorites at home. Uh, I do trust Dallas right now more than I trust Arizona. I can't believe I'm saying that. Although I refuse to, to say that the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in, in the national football league. I will not have that be my morning mantra. Um, but again, Cowboys six point favorites at home. This is another great game. Um, we have the Minnesota Vikings on the road against the Packers against Aaron Rodgers, who, uh, you know, again, put out the, the, the retirement bargaining chip. Um, Packers minus six and a half. Um, is Dave going to involve himself here, RJ? You know your co-host. Green Bay minus six and a half. Dave is on board. Again, Kirk Cousins, no respect. Add him to the list of people Dave does not respect, apparently. But he has been a Kirk Cousins uh, borderline apologist at times. He is a fan. 
Nonetheless, Green Bay minus 6.5 versus the Vikings. That is Dave's third and final pick. So to recap Dave's picks, Miami plus 3.5 at Tennessee. New England minus 16 versus the Jags. And Green Bay minus 6.5 at home against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Oh, boy. Okay, well, I consider taking Packers, but I am not. I am taking, as you can probably guess, because I have one more game to take and just one more game left on the slate. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers against the Browns. Steelers, three and a half point underdogs at home against the Browns. Again, both teams playing for a lot in this game. Both teams still have a shot at the playoffs, but you need to win this game to keep your hopes alive. And again, call me a romantic, but knowing this could be Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field, potentially his his last game as, as a Steeler at home. You know the crowd's going to be into it. You know the, the his teammates are going to be into it. Give me the Steelers plus three and a half uh, at home against the Browns. I think that is going to be quite a fun game to watch. Um, all right, so RJ, as I can recap my games here as well, I have the Eagles minus three against the Washington, Washington football team. I have the Bengals plus four and a half against the Chiefs and the Steelers plus three and a half against the Browns. I'm definitely going underdogs this week. Uh, all right, that was our picks. Uh, now it is time to, to help you out there. And honestly, I'm going to try to have RJ help me here because I've got a huge question that I think a lot of fantasy football fans have. If if you're still playing at this point of the season. Uh, So RJ is having to hear me complain about my fantasy team right now uh, because this is it. And RJ, some some breaking news. If we can get like a little like dee 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 dee, like the little breaking news uh, kind of drop into uh, into our podcast. Uh, but Kirk Cousins is uh, has just been placed on the COVID nineteen list. Um, why? I I mean, my question going into this week, RJ, and I'm sure a lot of fans have this if you're still playing, I have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. I went with Jimmy Garoppolo last week. What happened? He has a thumb injury. He's probably not going to play this week. So I was like, okay, who can I go out and get this week? Because I need a quarterback. I went out and I got Kirk Cousins. And as of like five minutes ago, Kirk Cousins uh, on the COVID-19 list, RJ, what do I do? This is a problem. It's not good. It's a big problem. So... I would say to you, how lucky would you feel rolling the dice and Trey Lance coming through for you? I think that is someone that is probably available. It's tough now because I would have said that guy probably would have been Joe Burrow, that fringe quarterback that's available in a lot of places, or at least maybe half the places, uh, before last week, and he goes out and he throws for approximately 1,000 yards. So now... You're left to wonder with upside. How many people can you trust with your season on the line in the championship week for just about every fantasy football league, which you are in? And that is tough. Do you feel that you can roll the dice with someone that has made one career start? RJ, you want to know how desperate I am right now? Because it's a bleak quarterback field out there. I have just added Trey Lance as my starting quarterback for this week. Let's go. I'm marking this down as, as your, your suggestion of the week. Um, unlike Dave, who said he was going to come after me if Jalen Hurts did not perform last week, uh, I'm not going to do that to you, but I'm, I'm putting all the, the faith in Trey Lance. Let's go with Trey Lance. Uh, honestly, my first, my first gut reaction was to go with Tua, um, but I, I hesitate on that. Uh, I like Trey Lance. Um, it, you know, we know that he's going to be able to move the ball on his feet as well. Um, so I let's go for it. I, I will go with Trey Lance. I'm going to need to take some deep breaths here, getting a little worked up, uh, but I like it. I like it. Um, as you mentioned, Joe Burrow, he, I mean, after a huge game last week, I do expect him to, to run it back. I, I think as we look at quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford obviously has to be the guy this week. He's kind of been that um, a little bit of like a dichotomy of, of Matthew Stafford this, this year, as we've seen kind of the best 
best of the best and some some moments that have made him look like a rookie. But Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, I think those are the two guys if you have this week. Those would be great. Um, there is one more name I could throw at you. I have committed, but bring it to me. I know. You're, you're, what you're saying is, is logical. Tua, you know what you get, and it's more of a sure thing. I'm just throwing guys out there that have made single-digit career starts. What about Tyler Huntley? Ooh, see, here's the thing. And I know we talk about his connection that he's had with Mark Andrews, and that that has been great great this year. Um, I just don't know if I... I just don't know how much I can trust that matchup this week, to be very honest. Um, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe it's the Niners fan of me that has a little bit more faith in Trey Lance. And again, I'm trying to manifest this. Um, manifesting has not worked for me a lot this season, but when you're in the championship, sure. maybe it does. And, and you're a big proponent of Big Ben in his final home game, most likely at Heinz Field. What about Big Ben? Yeah, that, that that's a great question as well. Um, I mean... Maybe I have a little bit too much faith in the Browns offense. Um, I, I think as we look through some of these, um, like I think the Packers, well, before we saw Kirk Cousins go on the COVID-19 list, I, I thought kind of, you know, the the the, the Bengals-Chiefs game, the, the Packers-Vikings game, like those to me are going to be two just kind of like offensive shootouts. Like I think we're going to see a lot from, from both of the, all four of those quarterbacks um, this week. Uh, Browns-Steelers, maybe, maybe not as much, um, but... I have committed. I, I've done this. I Maybe I pulled the trigger a little bit too early, but we're going with Trey Lance. We're going to see how this works. Um, let's get away from quarterbacks here for a second, though. Um, and as uh, as you know, I love to talk Eagles running backs. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, not playing. Uh, he is um, He's out right now. Uh, wish him all the best as he's uh, recovering from that hand injury. Um, but uh, as I said earlier, I actually think Boston Scott is going to have a big day. I think he's going to he's going to step up against a Washington football team that he's had success against in the past. Again, it's not like he does against the Giants, but uh, I like Boston Scott. If you're 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 really really desperate although I, I hope not so much so. Um, he would be the Eagles running back that I start in this game. Uh, and although I think that the Eagles are going to um, are, are going to take this game against Washington, I'm, I'm actually looking more to the, the receivers than anything in this game. Um, and I think we're going to see uh, Jalen Hurts, even with kind of an injured ankle right now, I, I think we're going to see him start to take some literal um, steps forward. Uh, RJ, any guys that, that you like? Um, I know we've talked about KJ Osborne. Um, there's questions about Tyler Lockett. Uh, anyone that, that you want to bring up here as we, we start to round things out here in week 17? Well, more so someone that I think, because it, fantasy football is strange, right? You, you ride players that we all know and love all season long. You get to week seven, 16 or 17, in this case with the added week, and we are starting guys that a month ago, not even at the be, beginning of the season, a month ago were not relevant. Sony Michelle is going to be the reason a lot of people win fantasy titles. And literally a month ago, he was not super relevant. But the reason I do bring this up is because I remember distinctly on a Friday podcast, the two of you discussing the player that you must add as we did all regular season. And Sony Michelle was that person. So if you listen to the NFL Edge podcast, the two of you, Kristen and Dave, likely guided you probably from a, a fringe, maybe third place finish to potentially winning the, your league. So kudos to the both of you. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. As someone who has Sony Michelle um, in her lineup this week, again, I'm hoping for a win. I, I, I would like everyone out there, if you want to tweet me at Christine Rogers, all your positive messages, I could really use these positive affirmations as not only we enter 2022, but uh, we, we, we enter um, the week 17 and... <laughs> 
This, this is it. This this truly is it. Um, all right. Uh, final guy that I'm going to bring up is, is a name that we already talked about. But um, again, I still really like KJ Osborne. Um, I know that maybe that's a little bit of a question mark now because uh, no Kirk Cousins. Um, and we're, we're probably going to see uh, probably more run heavy uh, offense from, from the Vikings at this point. Um, but I, I do like him. Um, and then, uh, heck, if you have Christian Kirk, I, I know that the I hate to say this. I know that the the Arizona offense has not been what it is. Uh, I know Kyler Murray has not been what that what he is. Um, but Kirk has kind of been the guy. I think it's uh, since Hopkins has went down. He's had 21 targets, 16 catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so I, I think that he should continue to be the guy here in Week 17. It's going to be some tough matchups, uh, especially as we look to the that Dallas secondary. But um, I, I do like Christian Kirk. Uh, this week in this matchup as well. One player I do want to throw out to you, and I know Dave has had his problems with this person, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And he may not play, and in fact sounds like he won't, but in the rare instance, and we're going to, I guess, get to this next week in the the rare two-playoff league, but if he is questionable, and if by some chance, I don't don't think we expect him to play, two-part question, if he does play, in PPR leagues, he's broken 11 once over the last month. Do you trust Daryl Williams if you have him in that spot? Ooh, that is a good question. That's actually a question that I I tried to answer earlier this season um, as I've gone gone back between the two of them. And um, I forget what Dave said. I think it was something along the, the lines that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is like the most overrated running back in football, or I don't know. It was, it was something. It wasn't positive. It was not good. It was not positive. <laughs> you know what? He's a spunky player. That's what we'll say. He is a spunky running back. Um, no, but I get I get that. I mean, I, again, I think that the, the Chiefs matchup is going to be, um, it's going to be all offense all day. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you have Daryl Williams, um, or I mean, if you had the two of them like I did, and I, I'm not running with any of them at this point, I'm going to be very transparent about that. But uh, not a bad guy. I, I, do, I do like that option to put Daryl Williams in there. So if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does play, you're staying away from both. I'm staying away from both. Yes, yes. I think we're going to see a lot of Patrick Mahomes, uh, which is not great because I am, in fact, going up against Patrick Mahomes this week. But I, I do think it's going to be a lot of Patrick Mahomes. I think we're going to see a lot through the air uh, and hopefully a lot to Travis Kelsey as well. Knock on wood for that. Uh, all right, RJ, anyone else on, on your list or are we good to, to wrap this puppy up for week 17? I think we're all set. There it is. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, Dave, hope you get better here soon. I know you have been listening with uh, intent uh, this morning. Uh, But for RJ Santillo, I'm Kristen Rogers, and this has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 